Hey, get in here. Dallas is about to start. Welcome to the Ewing Barbecue, where tonight we have a very special episode where we're talking to the one and only Morgan Brittany, our very own Catherine Woo! Wentworth. Yes. My name is Mary. I'm Sarah. I am Josh. And I'm Melanie. And I'm Morgan over here. <laughs> yes. One, one of three Morgans to appear on Dallas. The yeah. others, Fairchild no and Woodward. That's yeah. right. The only uh-huh. one we're missing was Freeman. <laughs> yeah, Morgan right. Freeman. I, I would like him to narrate my life. <laughs> oh, that'd be nice. I know, really. Yeah. But uh, should we just do a quick little bit of housekeeping? Yeah, we'll make we that quick and then, you know. All right, yeah. Uh, birthday on um, March 25th, Brenda Strong. Uh mm. Quickly over the weekend, um, Mary and I were just down at 90s Con with Armory I'm Cats. So and we met a, met, met a few of the fans. And I actually wanted to send a special shout out to one of the fans, uh, Doe, short for Dorothy. She uh, actually brought me a condolence card and had never that met me so before. That was sweet. Uh, that was really yeah, because nice. my nice. sister passed on March 10th. And um, yeah. everyone's been wonderful so far, especially, especially all you Dallas folks. Got uh, readings from Lee McCluskey and Kathy Podwell and yeah. Audrey oh, Landers. That's so and nice. That's and, so nice. Yeah. And it's just a tough thing. Yes. Um, obviously, yeah. when you lose somebody. And so thank you to everybody for that. Um, that's really all no more, I have. No more birthdays. I don't think there's any more birthdays this past week. Is there? Okay. Mm-hmm. No. No, there was just just some guy named Patrick Duffy who was the oh, marshal yeah. of the parade <laughs> over there in Dublin on his birthday, St. Oh, Patrick's swoon. Day. Swoon, swoon, Patrick <laughs> Duffy. Kind of, kind of epic. <laughs> so, Mary, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, do you want me to play the little clip? Sure. Mm. Okay, so I put together a little, like, two and a half long minute, like, um, montage of Catherine. So. So, oh boy! Wait, <laughs> wonderful. Guys, I just have to say, Catherine Wentworth is my favorite Dallas villain of all time. Love her. I think she's amazing. Well, thank you. She was a little crazy, and then finally went off the rails. So yeah, that's what we always talk about: is the crazy <laughs> eyes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. crazy, crazy. Yeah, I was beginning to wonder about myself, you know. It's funny because there was a comparison side-by-side picture. I don't know if Mary has that, that she can throw up, but you share a birthday with Walt Disney. And yes, I do. People yes. compared Catherine and her crazy eyes to the Wicked Queen in Snow White. <laughs> Funny story, I'll have to tell you guys. Don't forget to ask me about that, okay? okay? okay. Yeah. Because that has a tie-in with everything I did on Dallas. Yeah? Oh. Well, that's great, Cliff. I'm really happy for you. And you too, Mama. It's so terrific that you found each other after all this time. You have such a lovely way with words. Cliff, what do you want? Oh, isn't that adorable? Cliff Barnes asking me for a loan. Oh, you vicious little man. You killed her. You weren't content to embezzle money from my father's company. 
or to drag the whole family into this endless losing battle with the Ewings. Oh no, you had to drag Mother into that one too! Bobby, you know I'd do anything for you. Bobby, don't you realize I'm in love with you? I've been in love with you from the first time I ever saw you. I just never said anything because you were married to my sister. I played the tape for Bobby if you and me in bed. It's all over, Catherine. He'll never marry you. I'll kill you, JR! What makes you think it would matter to me one way or the other that you went to bed with JR, except for the fact that he's already married? Because I knew it would take away any chance I had of being with you. Catherine, you have never had a chance with me like that. I've tried to tell you that time and time again. I have never felt that way about you. I never will. But I could make you love me if it wasn't for JR. No. Catherine, I don't know you at all, do I? Bobby, I love you. No. Well, maybe you do, Catherine. Maybe you do. But it's a sick kind of love. I'm going to marry Jenna Wade. No. You can't. Not that slut with a child from that awful Italian. I won't let that happen. I've been an outcast. Yes, I have. Hiding. Always afraid somebody'd recognize me and turn me into the police. Well, that's all over now. The tables have turned. It's my turn. I'm going to have everything that was yours. So sleep on, little sister. Love it. I yes. love it. Yes. You're like, you little oh man. My gosh. I, I love it. I love it. I just oh can't even. Oh my gosh. When you have not seen those clips since since the show's aired. Really? Oh, wow. I've seen wow. those since. That's wow. so good. Wow, she yeah. can go off the rails. <laughs> oh, yeah. At, at what point did you know that's the direction they were going with, Catherine? Did you know your arc when you came on or were you just no no they honestly um i was i was only hired to do six episodes and they just wanted to introduce a sister but they didn't know what to do with her they didn't know what direction what are we going to do i don't know what we're going to do maybe we can do something with cliff and so there was no real um there was no real character development there it was just kind of as you could see I kind of put a spin on it because that's kind of the way I acted in my audition, which is another long that's story. What I, I, I even got. The- oh, I want to hear about the audition. <laughs> the, way got, the way I got the part was because I was, well, uncharacteristically impatient and rude that day. So well, there you go. <laughs> It's a long story, but I, I thought, okay, I blew that one really high, sky high. I will never get that part. Funny thing, there was something about what I did that they found a little spark there. But once we, once the um, the first six episodes that I did was done, 
I figured, well, I don't know, I'm just going to go on and try to do movies and other TV stuff. And then they called me back because the audience reaction was, what is she going to do? Is she going to come back? She went away, but is she going to come back? And so they decided to write me in as a regular, which was nice. I read this, and correct me if I'm wrong somewhere, that when you were deciding if you were going to take the part, because you really wanted to do more like films and stuff and did like you and your husband talk about yeah. it and you're like, okay, it's better to be on like a good long term. So that's right. Okay. And then aren't you glad you did it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, I'll tell you in the eighties, um, I started the show in 81 and in the eighties I, I was offered a lot of films or being up for at least a lot of films, but I had a real problem with doing nudity and doing gratuitous sex and doing that kind of stuff. I just never was that kind of an actress. And so I hesitated and I told my agency, I said, I just can't do this stuff. I, I, I can't. And they kept telling me, well, then you're never going to work. And then when Dallas came along, it was like, well, okay, maybe this is where I should be. You know, maybe this is where I'm wrong because they're not going to ask me to do anything, you know, anything crazy. And, you know, it's a hit show. I mean, what's not to like about it? So, yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. I mean, it was a tough time in the business because, you know, back then women were pretty much what to we do. had this discussion on this podcast. <laughs> no offense, Josh, but we had this discussion. It's yeah. that era where you're coming out of the barefoot <laughs> and pregnant, but you're coming into the women being their own, but the men want to, no offense again, they want to say like, you can't do that. The hell no, I can't, no, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yes. It, it's well, a, it was, all, it, you know, but back then too, it was all about the plastic surgery and the boob jobs and the, and all of that. I mean, everybody, everybody did that. Every, I mean, it got to the point where I think even um, one of the actresses, I don't know whether it was Heather Locklear, they told her she wouldn't get a job unless she had surgery. I mean, that's literally how bad And she was beautiful was. too. And that's, so, that's what's so awful. She was beautiful. And she ended up doing T.J. Hooker and Dynasty at the same time. Yeah, there you go. And so, you know, you think about it, think about how things were then. Women were seen in a whole different light than they are today. And some of the writers. It was different. Yeah, some of the writers were old school. I don't blame you at all. That's that's what I would have done. Yeah. Now, was this your first dramatic role per se because i know you did a lot of no um, no i did i did a lot lot you did vivian lee didn't you was that yeah you really do have a very strong resemblance too to Mm -hmm. oh i was so um i was so really I was different because of the fact that I I moved to New York after my childhood career was over. I worked from the time I was five to the time I was 16 and yours, mine and ours was the last thing that I did when, uh, before my childhood career was over. That's when I moved to New York city at 18 and I changed my name and I threw out my resume 
and I became a whole different person. And I decided that New York was the place I could go to be a model, but I ended up doing a lot of commercials. Mm -hmm. And then I was, I was offered, I kind of left the, the, the Hollywood career to simmer because I wasn't getting anything as an actress because I looked too much like too glamorous, too perfect, too, you know what I'm saying? And in the seventies, that just wasn't going, that wasn't going. I was going up against Sissy Spacek and I'd walk in the door and they're like, no, not going to work. This is not going to work. So it was very hard for me. And I went where I knew that I could work which was in advertising. After that, I went to Japan for two and a half years, made a lot of money in Japan as a spokesmodel for um, a Japanese company and came back to the U.S. in the late 70s. Immediately, everything had changed while I was gone. Charlie's Angels was on the air. Glamour was back. Everybody wanted the look, the sense appeal, that kind of image. So I looked, I got jobs because there was an open call for Day of the Locust, John Schlesinger's movie, and they were looking for lookalike movie stars of the 1940s and 30s. <laughs> and so I happened to go over to Paramount as Vivian Lee. That's my dream come true. <laughs> and John Schlesinger. I know, right? I know. And so John Schlesinger went, Perfect. Absolutely. And he was doing this big riot scene at the end of Day of the Locust, like this huge, huge, um, just extravagant scene. And all I had to do was get out of a car with Laurence Olivier and that was it. No lines, no nothing. But that started the Vivian Lee thing. And then from there, Sydney Fury hired me as her in Abel and Lombard. So I played... Okay. Scarlet in that. And then when David Wolper was doing the miniseries of Moviola, they said, well, who can do this? We've really got to have somebody that looks as much like her as possible. And somebody brought up my name and showed them photos. And I got that part. But that was the one. That was the one thing because my agents tried to talk me out of doing that. They tried to say, it's a nothing role. You've done, you've done movies of the week. You've starred in, in initiation of Sarah on ABC. You don't want to go do something where you come in at the end of the movie and you have two lines. You don't want to do that. Thanks. So. And I said, yes, I do. Yeah. I said, yes. <laughs> And they said, well, there's no money in it. I said, I don't care if there's no money in it. It doesn't matter. I do not turn this down. I want to do it. And I said, the only thing I ask, is not about the money. I said, the only thing I want you to do is I want you to get me a separate card at the end, you know, at the credits in the beginning and Morgan Brittany as Vivian Lee. Smart. That's Smart. an introducing Hear the woman roar. That, that, exactly. that put a face, a name to the face, right? Because people mm -hmm. had seen me on commercials. They'd seen me in, in movies of the week. Didn't quite know who I was yet. That did it. Then on top of that, 
CBS decided they were going to put my picture on every regional TV guide across the country. My picture on the cover. Nice. For the week that it aired. Bingo. That was it. Because when Dallas <laughs> came up a little bit later. On CBS? Well, That's right. Wow. Remember. So That's neat. it's funny how things work business but I was so I knew that this this mini series was gonna be mm-hmm. it for me. You I had knew that, it. like six cents. And even though even though it was small, it was what everybody was waiting for. That last scene when Scarlet shows I mean when Vivian shows up at the fi- right. at the uh, you know to meet David so I knew yeah. it. But I think what that is, is that's because I've been in the business for so long before. I just had instincts about what worked and what I needed to do. And it was I was really fortunate to be able to do it. Right. You did You did The Birds. You, you were in Gypsy with Natalie yeah. Wood and uh, Gypsy, Ron yes. Howard's girlfriend. And uh, was it An- Andy Griffith or <laughs> Mayberry? Yeah. No, it was Andy Griffith. Right. Yeah, no clue. So, so yeah. you said you changed your name from. I love your Suzanne real name, Capito. Yeah. Where did you pick Morgan Brittany from? How did you? Um, it's 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 funny because I had I was really into um, Southern Gothic romance novel novels, and so I'd go to this old used bookstore in LA called Dutton's Books, and I found this for like twenty five cents. This novel Frank Yerby, and it was called Flood Tide. That's and I picked it up, and I was on my way to New York, and so I picked it up, and I was going to read it. And when I got on the airplane to go to New York, I opened the yeah. book and the very first paragraph that Morgan Brittany was the <laughs> owner of the plantation, blah, 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 in this. And I went, wow, what a great but name. Thanks, That's awesome. Because I was, I was playing with keeping Suzanne and just getting rid of Capito and changing it to a simpler name, but nothing seemed to work. And then when I saw Morgan Brittany, I went, that's it, man. That's it. And I got it, off the airplane. It just fell right and into place. It. I think everything happens for a reason. Yeah, fell like right. You getting that book, you doing <clears throat> the Vivian Lee thing, and, you know, yep. everything happens for a reason. It's I've so, it, you're, you're so right about that. I've got to be honest, yeah. for a long time, I did not make the connection between like you and the yours, mine and ours that I had watched when I was younger until, until I heard that very clip that Mary played where you were screaming at Cliff Barnes. And I was like, Louise Beardsley you know, and Google. And sure enough. <laughs> I was like, it sounds just it. like her. And this was years ago. And wow. I was like, Oh my God, she changed her name. That's all it is. It's the same lady. <laughs> I did. And do you know I went through I went through New York yeah. and and trying to get agents and trying to get work without using one single credit from my past. I went in as a newbie, like I've never done anything before. I never had a different name. I never had a different oh. life. I never did. And did anybody recognize you? No. No. Wow. Because I looked so completely different. 
I look so completely different than I did as a kid. Wow. And you know, back then there was no video. There was no, once you saw the show, that was, that was about it. I love it. But it it wasn't until really, that people started, in fact, TV Guide did a whole, you know, interview inside that says, you know, a star is born again. And they did the whole thing about my past. Totally. And Amazing you don't know who she really was. She was the little girl on the Twilight Zone. She was on Rawhide with Clint Eastwood. She did Gunsmoke and Gypsy and the Birds. It's like all these people. Oh my gosh, tell us about it. Do you yeah. happen to remember what year like- that TV God was? Like the, the, you know, they have the month or the week or whatever. Do you happen to remember which one? I collect TV guides, as uh, you can see. I'll tell you the Pope was on the cover, so I know. I I just collect things. Yeah. Oh damn. So how did, yeah. Yeah. Were you encouraged to audition for Dallas or did they come find notice you and contact no, you? I was I was Sarah. with William Morris and it. so um, I basically just my agent called me one day and said, Hey, listen, there's an audition. Um, they're looking for a sister for Pam Ewing on Dallas. And I kind of went Dallas, Dallas, Dallas. Wait, I think I know. I don't think I've ever seen the show. And they said, well, it's kind of a soap opera, nighttime soap opera thing. And Larry Hagman's in it. And I said, Oh, okay. I, I think I know. I really didn't follow a lot of the stuff because I had just gotten married. And so my mind was not really into <laughs> doing a lot of work. And we bought a new house and it was like, uh, okay. So they sent me on the audition out to MGM and it was a cattle call. It was literally, that's why I had an attitude because well, I'm at MGM studio. It worked in your favor, so... You know, literally, I'm looking around the room and there are girls that are 16 and there are girls that are 35 to 40. And I'm just like, okay, this is. They had no idea. Obviously, they just like come. I think what it was is that when you walk in the door, they see it. And I think that day when I just didn't have time for them, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what it was. It's almost like you have, to like, have a striking resemblance to Priscilla Pointer. Yeah, oh, be her daughter. and that helped. That helped. Yeah. But two, can, can two you, pages of dialogue, and then they asked me, Lenny Katzman asked me to do it again, and I said, yeah. you know what, I really don't have the time for this. Good <laughs> <laughs> for you. He's like that. I that's the one. He was like, "That's yeah. Catherine." Yep, right there. Only, <laughs> seriously, and I, I there were only pay phones back then. We didn't have cell phones, yeah, I know. <laughs> so I went to a pay phone and I called my agent and I said, "Oh, guys, I'm so sorry. You're probably going to get it. You're probably going to get a phone call that I'm oh, so no. rude. I was so rude." <laughs> And I remember my agent, he goes, ah, it's all right. Don't worry about it. They're seeing everybody in town. And I went, okay. Were they trying to go for someone who is quote unquote unknown, lesser known or over a bigger name? Yeah. I think so. so. Yeah. So you don't know anyone else that was up for the role, right? 
Yeah, I do. I do. They they were looking at Delta Burke, oh. and they were looking at um, oh gosh, what's her name? She was on she was on a series at the time, and I can't remember. She had long brown hair, but I cannot remember her name. Um, good actress, and and a lot of people, but I know Delta Burke was in the running. I never knew know, that. Quite. Yeah. Well, she she didn't so, give them attitude, so she didn't get the role. <laughs> she didn't give them attitude, and she could have been booked for something else. I don't know, but it was just so bizarre. And I thought, you know, sometimes just the weirdest things happen where – can you imagine, though? I mean, I, when I walked out of there, I thought there were at least eight people in there. There were network execs. There was Lenny producer there was casting everybody you know it was like eight people in there there was no videotape so you had to go in person and I'm sitting in the middle of the room and to get up and leave I mean their their jaws must just drop like what just happened I don't have time for this that's badass did did you I gotta did go. You, I will. Did you bat some crazy eyes too at the? <laughs> They're like, that's the one. Maybe I did. Or they could have thought, "Wow, that was really that was re- a really smart actress thing to do." Oh, know, yeah. Which I didn't even plan it. They thought maybe they thought, "Whoa." That was really good, you know. It's it's like Jr. He wants what he can't have, so maybe yeah. they wanted you because you yeah. were like, "Oh no, I, I don't have time for this." It's like, oh, <laughs> no, we, we want you then. What a man thing to do, though. Chase you when you're not interested. Uh, no. <laughs> we, like to pick, we like to pick on Josh. It's three against one. Full offense, Josh. Yeah, full offense. Hey, that's oh, fine. Well. But it, those, were, those were fun days, and I look back on it. And y- you want to know what a really weird story is, kind of going off the subject. But how yeah, we do live in the Matrix Seriously, we do. We live in the Matrix. There's no question. I remember that Lenny Katzman told me one day on set, he said, hey, we've built Catherine Wentworth an apartment. Do you want to go see it? It's, you know, it's down the down the road here a little bit on the MGM lot. And I went, yeah, cool. That'll be great. I'd love to see where she lives. And so we're walking, we're walking down the alleyway. I think it was, we were at stage 18, the big stage, and we're walking down and we're getting closer and closer and closer. I knew MGM because I grew up on that lot. So mm-hmm. I'm seeing him angle off into the alley and going to stage six, all right? He starts walking up the ramp to stage six and I stopped and I said, is it on this sound stage?" And he goes, yeah, come on inside. I walked inside. I had done the Twilight Zone on that stage in 1957, 1964, and I walked in there and went, okay, this is weird. Yeah. Here I am. And did, did you tell him this too? I did. I told him, I said, <laughs> this is, I, I mean, I don't know. It is the weirdest feeling. And they had built my apartment there, and I remember... The staircase was over there. The room was over there. <laughs> it was just crazy. 
Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It was like walking. It was like, had I known that, just think about it. You're a kid. No idea. 20 years from now, you're going to walk back on that same stage in a whole That is the Twilight Zone. Role, Dude, different. Where? <laughs> <laughs> just the strangest thing ever. But, oh, well, that happens to me. What yeah. can I say? <laughs> what, what did you draw on to play Catherine? I know you started to. We talked about uh, oh, Walt yeah. Disney and the. Yeah, yeah, oh, the Evil Queen. Yeah. yeah. Was yeah, it? so what I did, I I don't know whether you guys know um, All About Eve, the movie with Betty Davis, mm-hmm. and yes. you know, the, yes. the, and and Eve Harrington was the villain in that movie. I took that character, I stole that character right out of the movie. I can and see. And I combined Eve Harrington with. The Evil Queen did the makeup like the Evil Queen had had my makeup artist on Dallas. I said, we're going to recreate Catherine as the Evil Queen. And she went, oh, cool. That would be great. So we did the black and the, you know, the whole thing. But that combination of um, of the Evil Queen and Eve Harrington from All About Eve was what I did. And I've, I've always done that as an actress. I've always taken bits and pieces from other performances and made them into my own. And that's what's worked for me. I've never had an acting class. So I kind of grew up in the business just taking, taking from different people. If you take from the best, yeah. right? So you've never taken I an mean, acting class or anything like when you're, no. that's and, and, there you, and there the two of you are yeah. right next to each other, side yeah. by side comparison. Yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> exactly. And and um, and Sue Cabral, who did my makeup and did did uh, Linda Gray's makeup, uh, Sue created that for me, and we made it. <laughs> we made it work. I love it. Can you believe how much hair I had? You still have you beautiful hair, though. Hair? I hope I still have my hair. Yeah. It's awful right now, but. I have like half of what I had then. I was like, mm-hmm. Well, that was the was 80s, like, that was the 80s, though. <laughs> yeah, it was the 80s. Was. I know everybody no has questions. questions. I have three questions, but they're all separate, so like different topics. So I'm just going to ask you one, and then let whoever else okay. go. This because I'm just curious. Okay. So I was reading this thing, you know how they have all your like oh personal quotes and this and that, but I did read somewhere mm-hmm. that you split your time between Southern California and Atlanta, Georgia. Is that right? Are you used to? So That's okay, right. I think I don't yeah. know what is in Atlanta for you because it's very close to me. I would just like I like to know, you know. But why do you split your time? Uh, the reason, well, originally, I mean, my my family's from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and um, and Atlanta, and Atlanta. Okay, but I don't have any family left. So my husband does a lot of movies. They do Marvel movies down there. They did Fast and yep. Furious, and he's a stunt coordinator mm-hmm. and second unit director. And so we ended up spending more time down there that we finally just got a place and said. We may as well. I mean, this is great. Plus, it, it feels like home to I me. I love Atlanta. And yeah. California. Yeah. California is just so nuts. I mean, 
really i mean this is this is the lunatic asylum over here i yep i can't explain it I had this conversation with Omri Katz. He said if it wasn't for his business, he would not stay in California. It just doesn't matter. A lot of people say him. that. I mean, I've never lived there. I've been there, but I've never well, lived there. It's expensive, too. Like, in my job, we charge more money to ship things to and from California. So just because it's so much money. Yeah. It's it's crazy. I mean, here, we pay so, we pay such high taxes for everything, yet we get nothing for it. We, we, we have bad roads. Have homeless issues. We have everything. I mean, there's just nothing. You just kind of look out and go, "This is a beautiful state." I mean, I was born here. Mm-hmm. I grew up here. The it ocean, was a beautiful and the, place, the mountain, to live. the valleys, yeah. and everything is beautiful. But but you have to step over trash and needles to get to the beach. I mean, what is this? It's it's just nuts. I know. I, I was in I was in MacArthur Park back in. Uh, November when I was out there for Elton John's last concert yeah. and the homeless situation in, the, in MacArthur oh. Park alone was just frightening. It's really sad. It was like, yeah, it is. Some, it's, I, people we were tweaked and, and out and on their phone, out. yelling things and Oh God, it was just, yeah, I know. I so know. it's like New York city, but warmer. Yeah. 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 Actually, you guys, it was a year ago today I was screamed at on the subway. So I was initiated apparently by some of my friends that live there. They're like, oh, you're a New Yorker now. Like somebody just randomly looked right through me and "Ah!" And it was like. Come to Birmingham. I live in a suburb, but downtown Birmingham is like downtown Atlanta. We were all in Atlanta. Well, not you, Josh. Sorry. What was that? Like a month ago, all three of the girls, we were in Atlanta. Month and a half. Yeah. uh, But it's. Birmingham is a little weird. It's homeless problems and all of that too. And, you know, I guess that's kind of everywhere, oh. but it's sad. I, I was cussed at yeah. while I was actually texting Omri Katz. I was cussed at, uh, get away from me with your bleeping phone and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, okay, all right, whatever. I'm going I'm out of here. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Frightening. I don't know what to say. It's just, uh, I don't know. Now, at what, what point did you – Notice that Catherine was going down the rabbit hole of cray cray. Uh, uh, I think it was probably, I mean, I saw a big turning point in the season where she, it was, there was an episode called the letter that she had had Pam sign divorce mm-hmm. papers. She just had her sign them. And then she took those and showed them to Bobby. And then there was the letter that she had written and then she showed it to him and it was all about how she wanted a divorce. I think that was showing that Catherine really was reaching over yeah. to the edge at that point because I mean, that is a little willing cool. to do anything. Yeah. For that, you know, it was it was like, okay, I'll try. I'll try and see if I can do this on my own and and win him over but then when that didn't happen she just started every dirty trick in the book and i mean the stuff i used to love was was so great i loved working with priscilla presley because it was it was so great to be mean to her you know we just laugh during the scenes because it was like oh god 
She just wanted to slap me upside the head, you know. But the um, the other guy, I remember the guy. Remember the guy who came in as her ex husband, Ronaldo Marquetta. Daniel Daniel Pilon. Huh? Was it Daniel Pilon or who played Ronaldo? I don't remember. I don't I think know. It was. All, I, all I remember is that when we did our first scenes together, he was just gobsmacked. He's going, God, you really scared me. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know you're good. <laughs> I, lo- I, love, oh, I yeah. loved his accent. Jen, Jen, yeah. Charlotte, Charlotte. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Why did I scare hey, you're the talking guy? to Capito <laughs> here. You're talking to Capito. Hey, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Speaking Most of slaps, did, did, yes. did Victoria really yeah. slap you? In that, in that scene? Yeah, she, uh, she goes, yes. She, uh, <laughs> she clocked my nose. <laughs> Shock value. Uh, and I, when, I, when I go back on the bed and I fall down and I do this, it's like, oh, crap. <laughs> what did she do? You know, it was, Took one for the it team. Was, she didn't mean to do it. She didn't mean to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was um, it was really it, it took me by surprise because I was not expecting I was not expecting <laughs> who, uh, who was your favorite like cast member to work with probably Larry yeah. I mean a lot of people say that you know yeah. but there's Hickman. everybody has their own kind of like little you know I think I, I think it was because we had such a good time together, yeah. and we we all of our scenes were just it. I mean, it was just oozing of who could be worse, you know. <laughs> and we we absolutely love it. And I, um, yeah, I, I got and and he was so funny too. I mean, you get into. He, you get into rehearsals and you think, oh, this is going to be serious. We're going to block and we're going to do things and we're going to get everything. Oh, oh no. You're like, oh, no. no. Not today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, Something we've here. seen the bloopers. <laughs> and then, oh, yeah, I'm going to sit down over here. I go, well, well, what are you going to say? I mean, what's your lines? Oh, yeah, it's, it's fine. And I'm like, okay. He, <laughs> he had a habit of improvising a lot, yeah, he didn't he? ad-libbed a lot. Did everybody do he, that or just him? He did. Uh, Kenny Kershaw. Kenny Kershaw was great because he was he was a stage actor, right. and so he had been you know mainly married to dialogue for all those years. But he was so he was so spontaneous in a lot of the scenes that we did together. And I sometimes I would just wait for him to stop talking so yeah. that I could say my line because I didn't know. When he was going to stop talking, and it, but it did make it, it did make it more real. I think so too. It would throw me off, but it's like I'm trying to like learn my lines. I'd be like, wait a second, that's not right. But then I think it makes it look (laughs) more, like you said, more real, like spontaneous. It does. It does. I forget who it was. I think I heard that Vince Vaughn is like that. He's very, you know, off the wall. I can see improvs and. He worked with Reese Witherspoon and it drove her nuts because she's by the book every word 
And it was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I know what that's like, because if you're, if you're, if that throws you off and you're used to doing everything by the book, it's tough. You yeah, know, I'm very hard. OCD. I, I, I heard a yeah. story recently <laughs> of um, Danny Pintaro, who played Jonathan Bauer on Who's the mm-hmm. Boss? The uh, Judith yeah, Light's son. Sure, sure. When he was yeah. auditioning for the role, apparently, Tony Danza was going off script and he stopped and he said, can you read the lines as they're written? Because I can't do this. And that was what got him the role. Well, <laughs> he was really young then too. Right. I think he was like five. Very precocious. Yeah. No, I got, I got to say, I'm going back to high school now, but you know, in drama class, improv was probably the hardest. I, lo- thing. I love it, but I, I, I love exactly. I loved it, but it was like yeah. I really can't think of stuff on yeah. the fly like this. It's rare. Did Did it's you hard. improvise it's, any of your lines at all, or ad lib, or no? Go off a no. little bit. No, I stay, I stay pretty much pretty much um, to the script because you know. And you I brought those crazy wanna... eyes. <laughs> well, what I can do. The only great thing about being a villain and being a bad guy, being a crazy person, is that you really can have a lot of liberty with what you can do. That's my everyday life. Because nobody's going to tell you. Nobody's going to tell you. Oh, you wouldn't act that way. <laughs> you know, because, it must be. Well, it must be more. It's what? probably more fun to play the villain than it is the oh, straight lace. Totally more. Fun. Oh yeah. Totally. That's Victoria. She said that to me. She goes, "Oh, I'm so tired of being the nice guy. <laughs> I like to be mean." <laughs> just, <laughs> just like Patrick said. Well, I think that like she was yeah. always the nice girl, and then Sue Ellen, well, Linda Gray got very tired of being the drunk. You want to get out of that role. Like yeah. You want to have more storylines. You want to have, you know what I mean? Like, I can see how that would be frustrating. But you're in this hit show, and it is. are you going to complain? No. But you're I'm still- going to be villain. <laughs> For sure. I know. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Uh, what, yep. Uh, no, we, um, we've brought up Priscilla Pointer, and she is, she and I think William Smithers are two of the oldest living cast members still alive. Mm-hmm. I know. Talk, I know. Talk about I think Priscilla. It's amazing. Uh, she's, uh, Priscilla we never hear stories such, about Priscilla on set. No, Priscilla was, which was so wonderful for me because I had been in the business for a long time and I really got to work with some amazing, amazing older actresses and people. And I... The minute I met her and we worked our first day in Texas, they flew me to Texas for the very first scenes. And my first scene was with her and she was so elegant and soft spoken and classy. And it was like walking back into my past where I had worked with actors and actresses that, you know, you just kind of go Oh, wow. You know, like Rosalind Russell, for instance, where you just are in awe of their professionalism, their absolute, you know, their love of their craft. There's no temperament. There's no, um, you know, nothing unpredictable. And Priscilla was just she was always there. She was always on time, but she was funny. Sometimes she'd forget her lines or something and we'd just all crack up and laugh. And it was it was great. She was so, so different, you know. She was yeah. kind of like, I guess, I didn't really work that much with um, 
Barbara Bill Geddes, we didn't have any storylines together. So I I only worked with her occasionally, but she kind of gave off that same aura of being an old time movie star. Mm -hmm. Later on, when I did all those Aaron Spelling shows, you know, like Love Boat and Glitter and Glitter, I worked with some of the old movie stars that my jaw just dropped. I'm like, oh, Ginger Rogers, really? I'm going to be, oh my gosh. You know, it wow. was like, this is amazing. Did you yeah, ever? It was just. Did you ever great. encounter a J Jane Russell at all? Because I know my aunt was actually friends with Jane Russell uh, back in Jane Russell. Her days I out only the saw one one night we did an event together, and we happened to be backstage together during an event. But she wasn't doing real well. She was. Yeah. Little shaky. I always love yeah. hearing stories I mean, of actors starstruck by other actors. It's so me cool. too. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, you're just like us. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, when I was 18, I was hired to do. I was so broke. I had, I had no money left from my childhood career. My family, you know, had spent it all, so I was starting from nothing. And I, I saw an ad in Variety, and I was. I was 17. I wasn't even 18 yet. And it was a, it was NBC open audition for dancers. And I was a dancer, right? So I, I had my mother drive me over to NBC and it was a big cattle call. And it was for Gene Kelly's Wonderful World of Girls oh, in Las Vegas. Gene Kelly. Yes. And We're like, I'm here. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to get this because I'm not six feet tall. I'm not a showgirl. I'm not whatever. But I went in and I did my dancing and they said, well, you could dance with Gene. I'm like, oh, well, well, yeah. okay. <laughs> okay. 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 I got hired. Even though I was 17, I got hired to do the show for three months in Vegas, but I had to turn 18. I was turning 18 before I could go, and it was like I turned 18 two months before I went. And every night, I tell you, we did two shows a night at the International Hotel, and I stood backstage. I never missed one second of his performance during that show. When I was, mm. off, when I was off stage, I was in the wings and I was watching him, and every night when he did, uh, you know, singing in the rain song, and the rain came down, and he was doing the same number, and the dance, I never got enough of it. I love never. that. And to this That's day, great. I think I can't even believe that I was actually on stage dancing with Gene Kelly. You know, it's like, that, how does that, that happen? That, that, that's and, a pinch me moment, isn't it? Uh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. It is. I mean, and there's been so many of those in my career that I, I can't even tell you. And I'm so grateful for all the years I've had in this business and all the people I've been able to work with, the good and the bad, you know, because there's been some that are kind of shady. But other than that, you're not going to tell us who are you? Great Excuse me. Yeah, it, can, it can be off the record. We can cut the recording, right, Mary? No. Yeah, yeah no. But, you guys, it would curl your hair. But, but you, um, I think we've all we've all heard some things. We've seen some things. Oh yeah. yeah. But it, but it, it, it also um, 
on Dallas, of course, Howard Keel and even Donna Reed was on there oh, for a season too. But that was that was the other thing. Howard Keel. I, I was in love with Howard Keel when he did Showboat, and then walking on the set, and there he is. And I told him, I said, I was so in love with you when I was fifteen. And he goes, Well, what about now? Oh. <laughs> and I said, Well, I've got a husband. And he goes, Well, <laughs> you know, Howard was so funny. Funny. Because uh, Susan Howard tells that story about when she came on and she just started, she sashayed up to him and started singing us. And he said, please stop. I love Susan <laughs> Howard. <laughs> that would be me. So I have, I have a question for you. Um, what was your reaction when you found out that Catherine wasn't dead because Bobby wasn't dead either? So did you know before, were you coming back? Like, did you know, or it was? Yeah. No, Were you just a surprise no, as everybody else? No. I was, when I left the show after the accident, right? When you see them pull the, my head back and the wig falls off and all that, I'm seven months pregnant. So uh. I was ready to have a baby. And I knew that I was gone. And Patrick knew that he was gone. And it was all over. And okay, have a nice life. So um, <laughs> I literally went off and did my own thing. I did a movie for Billy Graham. We did a, a, a film. And after that, I did more TV shows. A bunch of stuff for Aaron Spelling. And then I get a phone call. What is it, a year later, I guess? There was an entire season that after, after yeah. Victoria's departure, you get that call to show up at the hospital well, when, was, she's a, when she's was, a mummy. <laughs> no, this is before. Well, it was basically when Patrick, when Patrick came back, when he wanted to come back. And then yeah. he called me. Oh. And I picked up the phone and he goes, hey, Morgan, it's Lenny Katzman. And I thought... Hi, Lenny. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> and he said, hey, got a question for you. And I said, okay. And he says, um, how would you feel about coming back to the show? <laughs> and I went, Lenny, I'm dead. I'm dead. And he said, oh, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> I said, but, but, yeah, but wait, <laughs> whoa, whoa. I killed Bobby in the car and you guys went on and he was dead. And he goes, yeah, well, he wants to come back. <laughs> and I said, oh. Okay. Sounds like a Monty Python <laughs> sketch. I'm not quite dead yet. I, I, I know. <laughs> and I said, how, how are you going to do that? And he goes, well, we don't know exactly how we're going to do it yet. But we think it's going to be a dream that she just... She just had this dream, and then it's all over, and then he's back, and we don't have to explain anything else. There was so and I much. Thought, wow. Okay. And he said, "Yeah, well, you know, we're going to need you for a few episodes in Texas, and and you're going to show up at the hospital, and you're going to be back, your same old character and thing again." And I thought, "Is anybody going to buy this? I mean, are the fans really going to?" Be okay with this? <laughs> and I, I don't know. God's where the fans are okay. <laughs> I I don't know. I have a lot I got a lot of flack from people that said, How could they do that? My dad was pissed. Yeah. Oh, and they did my dad was pissed. They said they 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 had a funeral before I was born. Shut up. You know? And it's like <laughs> how can you how can you do that? How can you how can you just 
do that to your audience. And I guess they they thought, well, they've been doing it in soap operas in the daytime, daytime soaps for years where people die I mean, and then come back. I, and they, yeah, I guess it's more believable it, you know? than having them be in like witness protection or something. I mean, yeah, I can see I the dream what it was being being more realistic. Actually, witness protection. They lost a lot of their... <laughs> I mean... They lost a lot of their writers at that point. Oh, a lot of their writers, yeah. their original writers left. And so it wasn't it wasn't as tight of a production as it was when I was on originally. So oh, gotcha. things were different. Things were different. They had the guts yeah. to do it first and then Newhart got much more positive oh, review for that was funny. <laughs> Oh my God. Suzanne Plachette right there. In the <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even exactly. St. Elsewhere with, with all in the mind of the kid yeah. too. the whole series. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That was, kind of, it was kind of weird for me, you know? Yeah. You, because you mentioned that and then Catherine did not come right back right away. Cause they waited till after Victoria was dressed as, a, or Pam was a mummy in the hospital when you mm-hmm. showed mm-hmm. up at the mm-hmm. hospital. Was it only mm-hmm. intended for those two scenes, or yeah. was there were there there was nothing? Yeah, never anything going to. No, they needed to, they needed to to have some kind of a a uh, Pam wanted to leave, so right. it ended up that somebody had to be suspiciously. You know, did she take her? Is Catherine the one that did it? You know, so they wanted to do that, which I understand. And nobody ever really resolved that. Nobody knows whether Catherine kidnapped her or what. But I think that would have been a great storyline. Where where was you? Oh, go ahead. (laughs) No, that that was the thing. Like one thing I was that it was just mentioned in the the reboot of the series. It's like. Or do you guys remember Bobby saying, well, Catherine is dead? It's like, how? Yeah, Why? Explain, please. Like, and then I know. Cynthia, I know. Cynthia later, I, I guess. season messed everything Who up. Yeah. Cynthia Sidra yeah. Ad- admitted at one point she made the mistake of saying Catherine was dead. Were there Was there ever any talk about the new series, maybe oh. in a season four? Of- uh, no. You know what I had heard? So I had heard some some things where they were playing with with some kind of a idea of, of Catherine and Cliff, you know, just out meaning each other, I guess, or whatever it is. <laughs> oh, uh, it would have worked. Would would have been, oh yeah, would have worked. Would you have done it? Series. Would you have gone? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I would have had to think it over because my life yeah. was just so different at that time and I had been away from I've been doing theater a lot and so I don't know I I just uh I was not that thrilled with the reboot I mean I thought we're not either I think they went off on the wrong tangents they they forgot their audience they did Yeah, it's frustrating. Familiar faces, yeah, but the storylines were all over the place, and it was like, well, we've it was, and it was just Jr.'s funeral was brilliant, though that that whole episode. I will give them that one. That one was they they got some some things they got right, and some things they got wrong, and just but that that character was not Cliff. No, that was like that was like Satan. That was Satan Cliff. Like it was it was Satan Cliff. Yeah. I don't know what, why they did that because 
his his character was so distinctive and it was just perfect. I mean, it was yeah. perfect. And you he don't would, just he would never I mean, have blown up you, that rig with his no, pregnant daughter no, on there. No, never. No. Like and the first series ended basically with him and Miss Ellie like hugging in a park, right? Like they had kind of buried the hatchet. <laughs> and now he's like 20 yeah. years later, oh, let's go, let's go harm the Ewings. I mean, come on, guy. Yeah, like what's part of my language, yeah. but he was he was come on. He was the batshit crazy one at that point. <laughs> Yeah, that's what they did. They turned him into that crazy because I even want, I mean, he did a great job. I got to say, I mean, Kenny was really good. He did. He didn't have the eyes that you have. I don't know. He didn't have your eyes or even Donna Mills' eyes. You you two have very distinct eyes. Uh, Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, Donna. Instead of Betty Davis' eyes, it's Catherine Wentworth's eyes. Yeah. That's good. That's probably the only yes. reason that I worked in this business is because of my eyes. <laughs> Seriously, even from when I was a little kid, I would get jobs because of my eyes. So funny. Backing up one moment to the uh, when Bobby was shot, at what point mm-hmm. were you told that you were going to be the shooter, or were they? Did they try multiple oh, ideas for? I completely they forgot tried, about they that. Tried everybody. <laughs> Had Linda, I think Linda shot, and somebody else shot, and then none of none of us knew who did it. We, right, we didn't know which one. Shoot was Bobby. I don't know. Well, well, she, he was in Jr's office at the time. Oh, that's true. Uh, oh, that's right. Using yeah, that's the phone. True. Yeah, right. Oh, for God. Um, at what point did they tell you that it was you, and that you were going to uh, probably right exit? Before, right, right before it came on. right before it aired because they didn't want it slipping out at all during hiatus. So they, they let me know right before, but it was, Mm. um, you know, that's, that's an interesting thing too, because I've been talking about that lately with a lot of people, how we used to do, um, guns and shooting sequences and things and how safe it was and how, how, careful they were with everything like with this Alec Baldwin thing that never ever ever would have happened because I was even telling people I said when I did the shooting of Bobby I really knew nothing about guns at the time and I remember the gun guy and the prop department came over had me stand put the gun in my hand after they showed me Everything, they opened it. They sh- they showed me it's empty. It's not loaded. There's nothing but, and then he puts a quarter load or something blank in there and tells me, do not touch anything. I will tell you when to lift the gun, what to do. I mean, it was so perfect. Not only that, there was plexiglass in front of the entire crew. So that when I walked in the office and lifted the gun, no matter what happened, even if there was any mistake, they're not going to get hurt because there was plexiglass all across the front. Wow. And then when I was done, the, the, the gun guy said, drop the gun to your side. I will come over and I will take it from you. Not a problem. And every show that I did from a Western to a detective show, whenever I had to handle a firearm, that's the way it was. How this happened, how this happens, You've I- You've gotta wonder, I mean- I don't know. Yeah. I don't, 
You really got to wonder because even the crew people know you have safety. If you're working with a gun on, on set mm -hmm. or any kind of explosives, you have a safety meeting. Everybody right. listens. Yeah. I don't right. get it. I don't get it. I'm sure. I'm sure they did have, the same thing with Mary Crosby as yeah. well. But you check, you check, and you recheck, and you check again, and it's just a. I'm that's sure right. There was live ammunition that's in there. Not well, blanks. that's what I'm saying. What if? What the heck? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure someone when did that as a practical joke. I'm just saying, like, that's yeah. what those they have like tiers of people that check it. So like number one guy checks it, mm -hmm. then a backup guy checks it, and then it's checked and checked. So like, how did it happen? Like. It's an awful thing, but yeah, and even the even the actor, if the actor doesn't know how to check it, you they check it for you, and you are looking at it, and they will show you exactly exactly what's going on. That's why I was never afraid to do anything. I did a lot of westerns. I mean, a lot of stuff where gunfires going off and all that, and yeah. I, I don't think I ever worked on a set anywhere where it wasn't a top priority safety the top right. thing so especially with the number of times jr got that. shot too <laughs> exactly but, um, it's even on a show like that right yeah oh my gosh yeah i know i just i love now the that, scene where they're putting the cuffs on you like when they arrested you finally <laughs> finally and, and you're like take your hands off me i mean <laughs> i love screaming. it it was like i know like, there she comes <laughs> She's as, out. If, as if Right, as if they're going to stop manhandling you, right? Because they're trying to arrest you. But she had to let them know. Oh, you know. <laughs> I know. I know. She's like, you need to take your hands off me. It, it was like a Blanche Devereaux moment, uh, honestly. Love it. <laughs> well, it's, it's take your hands off me. When you're, getting ready to do the, when you're getting ready to do the take and you're standing off and the cops are, you know, the cops were, I think they were hired local local in Texas. Oh, and, you know, so I said, all right, deal. all right, guys. All right, guys. <laughs> I said, you know what? I am going to fight you. And I said, you do whatever you have to do. Stop me. And they're thinking, oh, yeah, she's an actress and this and that. And I mean, we did that. And I wrestled away and all this kind of stuff. And the guys went, wow. Yeah, you, wow. you really did. And I said, well, I told you. <laughs> That's awesome. And, yes. and, and a, a little bit of trivia when they were doing the first person perspective coming in right before Bobby was shot and he got off the elevator yeah. and all that stuff and the camera's moving. Mm -hmm. There is a reflection yeah. in the glass. People mm -hmm. thought it was a ghost, but it was a, a crew member that you could see in the background. A ghost. In, oh, a, a reflection really? in the glass. So people thought it was a ghost. Josh, like, Josh oh, is the king of trivia wow. on the, he does yeah. all the trivia. Like, like an, another one was when, when you ran Patrick over, yeah. That earlier in that sequence, uh, he's upstairs with Victoria. He puts on these brown cowboy boots, and then when he got run over, he was wearing black shoes. So he changed somewhere between coming downstairs and going yeah. outside and getting run over. I mean, it's no different than Linda <laughs> getting her haircut in the hospital, right? Oh, that's yeah. right. And I love how they. I love how they always yeah. had makeup on you in the hospital. Because I can tell you, the fifteen thousand times I've been in the hospital, <laughs> I look like I've been run over. So there ain't no makeup here. Oh yeah, oh, you, you, you never let anybody in there. <laughs> no, my mother was my first, my first child that was born. My mother was in there, and they were inducing me, and she was trying to put makeup, I guess, on a pimple. And I looked at her boyfriend, and I was like, Mike, 
get her out of here right now. I was like, I was this big. I was so big. I mean, I'm 5'3", and I was like 1,000 pounds. And my nose was flat. It was awful. And I said, I said, Mike, I'm warning you. Get her out of this room right now. And he did. <laughs> so... That's the scene out of a movie. Oh, it's on. It's on tape too. I would. That's why she was trying to put makeup on you, Sarah, for the camera. No, she's a Southern belle. Oh, and just so I can say this, exactly, Mary, don't cut this, Mother. I know you're listening because my mom's gonna listen to this because she loves you. She said, "Tell you hello." She's crazy too, Um, (laughs) and um, I did not say one cuss word. Thank you very much because she said at least on this episode I can't say. My normal stuff, like the cuss words. I am I'm, yes. I am typically yes, like, known as the Southern Belle with a sailor mouth. I can't help it. Well, I, what, I grew up with Southern all boys. <laughs> yes. Only when I'm mad. What would what would have happened if Catherine and Kristen had met up on I've the show? I've thought about that before. Chaos. Ooh, that would have been, been interesting. Yeah. See, who was was crazier? Who was crazier? Catherine. Catherine. Catherine was crazy. Yeah. 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 I I think Kristen was more vindictive. Yeah. Yes. Kristen was more, she was a psychological, you know, biatch. You know, she was. (laughs) (laughs) She was just flat out Looney Tunes. I'm sorry, but she was. <laughs> Cuckoo yeah. for Cocoa Puffs? <laughs> she was funny because when Indeed. we first met Catherine, she was very, you know, I thought Catherine was very sweet at first and very together. And it wasn't long oh, yeah. before it was like, there's something, there's, what is this? Like, there's something off. There's go, something going on. I don't there's know. something yeah, going when, on. When when she, <laughs> it's the Cuckoo Eyes. She it was, was the very reason. Part- it was the reason they 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 left it kind of like that, and that's why they asked me to come back because everybody was going, "Wait a minute! Hey, wait! Where'd she go? What? What is she gonna do?" Yeah. And I think we were talking about yeah. this a few weeks ago too, weren't we, guys? Like that, Catherine was starting to have the same crazy eyes that Pam had at one point, And it's like, it's a family thing. Oh, Pam has the crazy eyes when she's <laughs> like, going off yeah. the rails after Pam the miscarriage. Has the she yeah. has the, the crazy eyes. Yeah. No, that's, I found it. No. <laughs> that's my crazy eyes no. horn. I'm always like, Pam, no ma'am. That's it. Okay. Perfect. There you go. <laughs> now you, you weren't there at the beginning of season six. You were there at the end when Cliff had tried to commit suicide at the end oh, of that season. Because, But then yeah. they referenced you as being back in New York. Was that a storyline thing or was that because you were unavailable because you were shooting something else? You mean at the uh, beginning of the next the... season? After Let's a quit attempt suicide, uh, Catherine does, they're like, oh, she's back in New York. Had, had I just started the show? Had I just the beginning of no? Uh, you this would have been 1982. Mid 1982. 1982. Okay, yeah, they sent me. Is that when I was in New York and I found out Priscilla died? I mean, my my mother died. Yeah, uh-huh. yes. just before. And they mm-hmm. me That's yeah. That was that was yes. why they put me back there because they got okay. me away from. Cliff and they got me away from the situation and everybody thought she had just gone back 
And then when that happened, that brought her back into it full force. Yeah. Okay. I that. So that was a writer's decision as opposed okay. to you yeah. off yeah. shooting something else and not okay. available. No, okay. no, that was a writer's I decision. I have a question yeah. too. This might just be a coincidence or I may actually have the wrong information. I'm not sure. So in college, uh-huh. did you do journalism? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, isn't that yes. what Catherine I Wentworth did. did? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. did they do yeah. that on purpose? Yeah. And they, they, I just, yeah, you know, you yeah, yeah, draw they from real life sometimes. Said, yeah, they had asked me okay. if I'd ever gone to college. And I said, yeah, for about five minutes. And then I had to go out and make a living. <laughs> when I went to, uh, to college, I said, yeah, I was a journalism major and an English minor because I wanted to end up, I kind of had shut the door on the childhood career and didn't want to be an actor anymore. So I was going to go into broadcasting, um, you know, be a weather girl or something. I don't know, whatever. But uh, yeah, that's what I was, that's what I was doing. And, and they went, Oh, that's cool. All right. Well then we'll, because they were looking at that point, what are we going to do with her? How are we going to do this? Cause they never followed up with that. Did they? Like, you never saw me doing the journalism thing. Again. No, but I just guess they had to give you like a, a backstory, but I just remembered it. And then when I read that about you, I was like, what if they did that on purpose. You know, they draw from real yeah. life sometimes. Yeah. They- yeah. Cause they that, did. that's, yeah. that's where you really connected with Jr. was when you were doing that pr- outside the restaurant right. and doing that person on the street, talking about the gas yeah, prices was, and all that stuff. Like- and- that's so random. Why is she? She's a rich girl. Why is she? <laughs> but, <laughs> you know? And you were very protective. Catherine was very protective of her her relationship with her father, and Cliff is in, invading yes. it. And, oh, yeah. and then oh, you called yeah. him. I loved when the first time you called him a little man. Pathetic little man. I love that too. <laughs> oh, that man. became your buzz phrase yeah. for him. Oh, yes. You pathetic little I man. I would do that to him all the time too, off camera. Should we wind it yes. up here? Uh, and, yeah, but, can I um, ask one thing. And then we Josh, had a great hour though. This yes. is really quick. I'm so sorry. I talk yeah, a lot. Um, oh, that's fine. Two oh. things. I know that you are um, very political. You like. You know, you're you're involved in politics. Mm-hmm. And so I just, is there anything like big that you want to say about that? Or also in the same token, are there any like big charities that you are behind that you try to like, you know? I um, I go, I work, you know, try to fundraise for Gary Sinise's foundation. Um, yes. Love Gary Sinise. It's just wonderful. Um, a lot of the a lot of the veterans organizations. I will t- I will go out and try to raise money for them. Um, Anne Marie, who was we have a website and we wrote books together about political things, and um, we go out and we do town meetings and we do all kinds of we do all kinds of things. We kind of have to lay low at the moment. Because we got thrown off of Facebook. No, I get it. Everybody's so, different, and that's the thing is, I'm very in the middle. I'm very in the middle, but I was I was raised very conservative, so I have to be very careful because I have a lot of friends that are, you know, everybody's different. Yeah, me too. I just like to hear both sides because yeah, I want to know. Yeah. I gotta say, yeah, um, and it's I'm you so really find happy. out who your real friends are. <laughs> 
I got to say, I'm yeah. so happy to find out that you work with um, the Gary Sinise Foundation because uh, there's actually a, a guy I went to high school with that was injured in a uh, training accident. Mm-hmm. I think at Camp Pendleton, and uh, they built him and his family a house uh, last year that they moved into. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I I wish I could I wish I could do more, um, you know, one on one with Gary and and get more involved in it. But what I'll try to do, like Anne Marie and I try to do, when we go out and we sell our books and things, we'll tell everybody this: if you donate and get a book or do whatever, and then we'll give it to to Gary's foundation and then we'll promote it and we'll tell people about it. So we're, we're just trying to do whatever we can because they are truly a wonderful, they have done wonderful things. I mean, I can't even tell you some of the, some of the events and the fundraising, some of the vets come and they talk to us and you just go in. Oh my gosh. I mean, if positions were reversed and I was in their position, I don't know how I would act, but they're upbeat, they're, they're full of energy, their lives are going full force, and I just think, what a great thing this is. I mean, it just, it's just fabulous, and, and Gary is, I, I don't know, he's an angel, that's all I can tell you. He is just a I true angel. You, I should have you come back on another time just to talk about that, like an after the after the barbecue episode it is just it is just uh it's an amazing thing i spent i spent about 10 to 15 years raising money for the march of dimes in the 80s and i thought that was that was really something children and all that and then i kind of moved over into animal organizations and then when when i met i met up with gary in hollywood and a whole bunch of us all got together and he was talking about starting this foundation. And so everybody kind of pitched in and said, well, what can we do? And we want to help you get started. And and he just made it into something that was way beyond what anybody ever expected. That's and great. I, I mean, have you guys ever heard Gary at all? I, you, I haven't. You should. If you don't. Yeah, well, my son's in the army, so just... my son's in the army, so I donate yeah. to all the the veterans and the yeah. the pl- oh, yeah. my husband and my dad's a retired Gulf War veteran. Yeah, so, so like so is my ex husband. Yes, <laughs> that's um, yeah. So <laughs> number well, one, they had me young, Sarah. It's okay. <laughs> you are young, but I, I I would certainly be open to doing another separate podcast to promote if, them. We mm-hmm. get the, get it get it together and just promote this and. Because I, I did one yeah. last week, as I mentioned, with uh, Cherie about the uh, Yellow Rose Gala Foundation and multiple mm-hmm. scrolls. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah, just sure. trying to do more. We're trying to incorporate more of those off as an option. Right. Uh, Permit so. more than Dallas. Yeah, and it's, 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, you think about it, and, and there's so many there's yeah. so many organizations that are great organizations, and they, they're vying for money, and they're trying, you know, trying to to get it. And it's just so hard to make a decision and to stand out and to really, you know, to get people to donate. And, and a lot of times, like you have to go and you have to talk to corporate executives and say, we need $3 billion. Are you in? Remember doing that with, with March of Dimes when they were trying to, they were trying to get some kind of I remember those done. little walks and you had the little, uh, the yeah. little oh, walk America, the holder that people I, put the I money in. The, 
Yeah. And then I went to I, I'd go to Washington, D.C. and walk the Capitol lawn with the senators and the congressmen and say, mm-hmm. guys, you got to get on board here. You got to do. <laughs> I can't believe I did all that stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. Just crazy. I, we all just, did a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> one. One last Dallas related thing. It's. 45 years what do you attribute the success to and messages to the fans and oh you know what i i know i told that's a long time ago i think dallas is one of those shows that that so many people relate to it and they have they have good people to root for bad people to hate you know it's like the good against the bad and then the good is going to win out and it's it was great storylines it was interesting, cutting edge uh, uh, information that was going on in the world right. at the time, like the oil cards mm-hmm. and all that. So people could relate to all that. When I talk to foreign people who come over here from other countries, their attitude is, oh, just to watch the Ewings and to see how they lived. And that's how America is and that's how America lives. I said, well, the people aren't all like that, but, you know, and they go, oh, no, 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 but to live like that and to be like that, and they just, it, it's kind of an escape, you know, you watch Dallas and you, so. go, you go to another world. That's why people still like it. They watch the reruns. The fans love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think I think it's going to last a long time. And the characters, you know, people have their favorites, and yeah, it's, and it's South Fork is still things. standing. I, mean, I know. I made my kids. I, I made my kids go. They loved it. Yeah, when you when you do something, that's the thing I was talking about the other day. You're you're in the process of making these shows and working every day and reading the scripts and going, oh, okay. You don't really think about, wow, you know, this could be a big hit. No, you don't even think about that. You just kind of do your work. And then later on, you realize the impact you have. For instance, I'm at a charity event and Princess Diana's butler is at oh, this wow. event and he's speaking. <laughs> he comes over to me and he says, I know you. Don't tell me I know you, Catherine Wentworth. And I said, Yeah, <laughs> I love that. And he, I have to tell in his English accent, I have to tell you a story. The Queen stopped everything when Dallas was on. She That's even so made the dogs leave the room. That's awesome. Oh, she put the corgis <laughs> out. That's a big she deal. She the corgis out. <laughs> if they made noise, she got upset. Nobody could speak during Dallas. She watched every episode and loved it. And I just thought, I get it. This is I have wild. a show right now I that I have to watch this. in total quiet. Yeah. They, yeah. Uh, they just, they uh, mentioned Dallas on the crowd in the last season. And I was like, it comes yes. up in all these different shows yeah. just like little random you know things but like Friday night was like we always say that we watched it inappropriately young I mean I started watching it when I was like five I mean I, I was I born was the year yeah. that it started 78 so we started watching it oh, wow. yeah so I mean okay. I was like three or uh, four but I can remember you mom were, dad yeah. me we would sit I'd be like yeah. like you know I just it, and then I've watched it again right. and again and 
Even my car tag on my vehicle has Ewing 78 on it. And there was a man at the gas station that was like, oh, my God, I love your tag. And he, go, he, he I go, do you know what it means? And he goes, actually, I do. And I was like, oh. So. That's awesome. So wait a minute. Let me ask you a question. Did you watch Dukes of Hazard first? And yes. then Dallas came on? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's what we did. did. That's why I started and, watching and, and, the before, and, and the, incre- now, the Incredible Hulk and the Dukes of Hazard and Dallas. Rider came on. And then when I got to go to California, when I interviewed for Punky Priest, I got to meet Knight Rider. I was real excited. Yeah. I was that show. In the car. Yeah. William All Daniels, God All bless him. And remember, and then Dallas, and when Dallas went off, Falcon Chris came on. Oh, that's right. I'm watching that right now. I used to watch. We would turn it. <laughs> we were a house of music, so we, we watched Solid Gold, and I was like, I'm going to be a Solid Gold oh, dancer oh. when I grow up. <laughs> oh my God! See, I, I wanted to be a lot. Be on I love Rose, That's what I was uh, going to do. Yeah, and then my dad goes, "Sarah, you can't sing." I was like, "But I could dance, and I could tap." <laughs> I had no talent. I did dance. <laughs> Might not have been good, but I could dance. <laughs> now, in, in your opinion, do you think it's better that they left Catherine always out there, or should she have been shown brought to justice? And if, oh, if no. out there, no. if out there, <laughs> where do you think? She, what do you think she's doing now? Where is she? She's on the way, man. Oh, oh, she's an old lady now. She's a so. fugitive. Remember. Probably, I don't know. She's probably cooking something up. Never <laughs> underestimate her. She'll be one of those people that lives to, you know, forever. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what happens, you know. It's uh-huh. and and I could just see something brewing, something cooking. Hey, mm-hmm. she may show up someday. You never know what they may do to Dallas. <laughs> they may bring it back. You never know. You never no know. No one ever knows. Never the shadow knows. That's right. <laughs> this has That's been right. great. Yeah. It has. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. So much fun. This is so fun. Oh, well, listen. I've got like a thousand million stories about Hollywood. Uh, yeah. I mean, my career and the people I've worked with and all that. Because I'm, I'm working on a book right now called Sound Bites from a Hollywood Life. Oh. But it's only essays. Everything. It's I love like you. working with it like with Hitchcock. What was it like on the set of Gypsy? How did you, you know, how did I get Gypsy? All that kind of stuff. And so they're short little stories, but it's all about, you know, the early career and then all the way up to Dallas and all that kind and of what, stuff. So I'm and what's the name of it again? And hey, when is it going to come out? I'm, I'm it, buying it. Own bites yeah. from Hollywood life, uh-huh. but I haven't got it all put together yet. So it's in the process. Okay. Definitely keep definitely keep us posted. Absolutely. And you guys are so much fun. I had a great time. We did too. We enjoyed having you on so much. Yes. Oh. Well, it's been absolutely wonderful. I always get what I want. I never know where I'm gonna be. I could be back with you soon. You never know. But watch out. Catherine Wentworth is still alive and a well. Thanks for joining us on the Ewing Barbecue tonight for this very special episode. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, y'all. Y'all come back now. Let me go. 